A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, Demas, enamored of the present world, deserted me and went to Thessalonia, Crescens to Galatia, and Titus to Dalmatia. Luke is the only one with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is helpful to me in the ministry. I have sent to Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak I left with Carpus in Torres, the papyrus rolls, and especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. You too be on guard against him, for he has strongly resisted our preaching. At my first offense, no one appeared on my behalf, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the proclamation might be completed and all the Gentiles might hear it. The word of the Lord. And holy in all his words. 
omnes fobiscum. Lectio Sancti Evangelii secundum lucam. Gloria The Lord Jesus appointed 72 disciples whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you, for the laborer deserves payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick in it, and say to them, the kingdom of God is at hand for you. Verbum Domini. Today is the feast of St. Luke the Evangelist. You see here in the second letter to Timothy, probably written in the 60s, that St. Luke is still one of St. Paul's companions. And he's also mentioned in the letter to Philemon, verse 24, and in Colossians, chapter 4, verse 14. And in particular, in Colossians, he is called our beloved physician, Yatros Agapetos. And this gives us some background where we see St. Luke is accompanying St. Paul in this, these letters that the, the Colossians and Philemon are written somewhere about 59 or so, as well as in the 60s. He's with Paul for a while, and we see something else that comes up. Of course, we know that the gospel of Luke is attributed to him and is by him, as is Acts of the Apostles, same author. And you see a number of things we, we can glean a bit about St. Luke. Uh, he did not write a biography of himself, but you see him as part of what's going on in the story. And for instance, when St. Paul has a dream in Troas, Troas is the then 
living city right next to ancient Troy. So the ruins of Troy were there, and Troas is right next to it in what's now Turkey. And he had a dream to go to Europe. He had been preaching all over Asia Minor and you know, in Syria, but now he's told to go to Europe and Philippi. And there you see in Acts, we then sailed from Troas to Neapolis. And then we went from Neapolis to Philippi. So that is one of the indications that St. Luke was traveling with St. Paul. So we see that taking place in the year 51. So from 51 until the, Paul's death, St. Luke is his traveling career. It's about 15 years or so, 14, 15 years. And what's interesting is that after St. Paul leaves Philippi, he says, then they, they went to Thessaloniki. Which means Luke didn't go. He stayed in Philippi. He was doing the ongoing evangelization in one of St. Paul's favorite communities. As you see when you read the letter to the Philippians, St. Paul has a very deep love for the Philippians. And I suspect that that warmth was encouraged by his traveling companion, Luke. And then he goes on to Athens and Corinth and Ephesus. And in 58, he makes this journey to go back and visit Corinth and Ephesus. Uh, excuse me, Corinth and um, uh, Philippi. And when he gets to Philippi, actually the apostles said, then we set sail. So in 58, after a few years in Philippi, Luke joins Paul. Now, why is this important? Because from that time on, St. Luke is with Paul. He keeps saying, then we went on to uh, Ephesus. Then we sailed over to this city and that. Then we went to Jerusalem. So that he is accompanying St. Paul. And again, why is that important? It is the way that St. Luke will know what happened in so much of the Acts of the Apostles. He was there. He was part of the community traveling with Paul. And he, especially when, you, uh, when you're reading Acts of the Apostles, it becomes somewhat tedious in the last few chapters trying to read it in Greek because he uses all of these very technical terms about ships, different parts of ships, the ropes, and all these. And it's vocabulary you don't usually read in the rest of the New Testament. But he knows all that detail because he is a passenger, an eyewitness. He also spent with St. Paul two years in Jerusalem and Caesarea. And again, that becomes important for you understanding some of the aspects of the Gospel of St. Luke. That he especially knows 
various things that happened in Jerusalem. He's a bit more vague about the geography and the journeying up in Galilee. But he knows people in Jerusalem. He interviews them. I suspect that's exactly why he, along with St. John, is the only evangelist to mention Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He knew them. And a number of, uh, you know, notice how his stories about the resurrection especially focus on what happened in Jerusalem. These are the people that he interviewed and knew. So it's not just that he is coming at this from, you know, long, long after and just, you know, getting rumors. No, he's with people for a couple of years and gets to know eyewitnesses, but in one particular area. And that, what we see about Acts of the Apostles helps explain why he has the episodes he does while others he seems to neglect. That is a key part. And then there's one other aspect. He ends his, his uh, Acts of the Apostles without a real conclusion. Notice how he says, then Paul was under house arrest for two years. He summarizes that two years in just a paragraph. And a group of Jewish people in Rome came to visit him and find out about the gospel. And Saint, he tells about St. Paul's speech to them. And then it's over. And he say, after all these details that you had about the journey, you just summarize this because nothing was happening beside that except Paul waiting for trial under Nero. And he ends in 62 without mentioning anything about St. Paul's trial. What explains that? It's a very odd thing that you just stop talking about your great hero, St. Paul, your traveling companion, and you end it inconclusively. My conclusion, along with others, is that that's when he finished writing the gospel and acts. It's finished by 62, and he didn't know what happened in the trial at the time he wrote. That's why he doesn't say, well, you know, he talks about the trials of Jesus before Pilate and the Sanhedrin, he talks and what happened. He talks about the trial of St. Uh, Stephen, that's the longest chapter in Acts. But nothing about what happened with Paul is because he didn't know. Again, why is that important? That he is not writing late, like some, some scholars try to say, well, he's probably writing about 75 or 80. Perhaps not. I think he finished in 62. Now think about that. That's only 30 years after Christ's death and resurrection. And for those of us who are, have a couple more years of traveling around the sun under our belt, we know that 30 years isn't that long. It gets shorter and shorter, in fact. And 
you know, even though it was 60 years ago, I can still tell you exactly where I was the day that John Kennedy was shot. They're, they're key events of life that you remember. I'm sure some of you younger folks also remember where you were on 9-11, all these big events. And your husbands better remember where you were when you proposed. So all of these things are key events that you remember. And this speaks to the authenticity of the gospel. And just as a couple other little points to think about, that St. Paul says in Colossians 4, verse 14, that St. Luke is our beloved physician, as I mentioned. There are two other little indications that that's true, that he's the patron saint of doctors, by the way. First, remember when our Lord said it is easier for a rich man to go through the, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven? Remember that? When St. Matthew and St. Mark write it, they use the word for sewing needle. Luke's gospel has surgical needle. It's a different word in Greek. And secondly, when St. Mark wrote that you know, uh, the woman with the hemorrhage for 12 years went to doctors and they only made her worse, St. Luke showing a little professional courtesy, says she went to the doctors, but uh, they couldn't do anything. <laughs> you know, there's a, little, a couple little clues like that. And that brings out uh, an important thing, too. St. Paul understood Luke as his beloved physician. And even though they both were involved in the witnessing of God's miracles and healings, even raising from the dead. They were both witnesses, and St. Luke is an enthusiast, enthusiast for the power of the Holy Spirit and his healing power. That's why he writes about it so often in Acts, that even telling us how aprons touched to the apostles were healing gives us the basis for our uh, second class or third class uh, uh, relics. He talks about all this, but at the same time, he's still a physician. And that it doesn't contradict praying for healing, but also the use of medicine. Uh, hence, St. Paul, while they were together, went and got medicine to heal his eyes of an eye disease while he was in Galatia. So they, they had also show that combination, that it's not all just wait for the miracle to happen. No, use a doctor if God sends you one. And St. Luke is very importantly the patron saint of medical doctors. They need our prayer because they work with God and the body and the medicine they have. So I recommend that in honor of St. Luke, all of us read or reread Luke and Acts and get into more the the sense of what St. Luke was communicating so that our love of the gospel will grow in us and as we'll say in the prayers today, that our faith in the gospel he preached and wrote would then inspire deeper faith within us.